Take your Bibles, go to Genesis 40. It's a great, great book you got in your hands. Something will get you in and out, it'll get you in trouble. It'll, it'll show you the trouble, you, it won't get you in trouble, but it'll, it'll direct you when you start getting into trouble. It'll show you when you're in trouble. It'll help you get out of trouble uh, if you listen to what it says. There's some people who will not listen to what it says, uh, and we go right in. This world is, is really a tricky place we live in. I mean, keeping up with the news at all, uh, what's, I, and I don't really care about the news too much, but what's happening in Israel I do care about. And uh, brother, that ought, to excite, that ought to excite you. Now, if you're not excited, uh, then you need to stop and think and say, why am I not excited? Because your Bible tells you what's going to happen toward the end. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse. So you got this thing going on. And I'll mention it again during the morning service. I got a couple of things I want to say about it. But uh, you, got, you got the thing going on with Russia and Ukraine. Then you got China over here with Taiwan and the Chinese uh, straits out there trying to do that. Then you got the, the Palestinians doing what they did uh, uh, Saturday night. Uh, I'm telling you right now, something is, is heating up fast. It's heating up fast. And it wouldn't take much. You know, World War I, World War II were started with very little bit more than what is already occurring right now. Be, and this is a lot. So you got a lot of different fronts going on of different groups fighting. And yet I got a Bible that sits here and tells me that's what's going to happen toward the end of this thing. And it's all going to focus right down on Israel. Israel's minding their own business, taking care of their own, own plate over there, doing what they're supposed to do. I have to hand it to uh, uh, Biden. He said that he's going to support Israel no matter what, which is a blessing. That's what he should do. Uh, you want to see the hammer come down on America real quick, you take the opposite stand and see what happens. Uh, I've watched, people say that stuff don't happen. I watched an old preacher, and uh, the Lord told me to go sit under that guy. Told, the Lord told me to let him teach me, and he did. And I watched preachers over those three or four years, and I've watched them since then, come up, start going against that guy, and I just keep my mouth shut and watch, and that preacher goes away in, no matter, in a very short period of time. Uh, when God sets somebody up to do something and you start going against what God's doing, uh, that's a very dangerous spot to be in. And uh, the, the whole thing is going to turn back around to the Jews here shortly. And that means we get out of here and we go to heaven and we get to be with the Lord forever. And I don't know why that wouldn't excite people. A lot of people say, well, you're morbid. I, well, I don't know what you're thinking. I know what I'm thinking. I read a Bible. I'm looking at the Bible. That's what it tells me. I want to go to be where he's at. You know what I'd really like is him to come down here and straighten this thing out. Uh, that's the only thing you're going to get to straighten this thing out. It is, it is gone. It is a mess. You can't straighten it out. Uh, we refuse to straighten it out because we won't do what the Bible says. It's a simple book. It really is. Uh, it, goes, it flat goes against everything this world teaches. Everything this world shows us. Everything. It, TV was the worst thing. Uh, Dr. Roman used to call it television. It's the worst thing that ever happened to the human nature. Because in there it shows you you got to have this, 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 you got to have this. And then you got to figure out how you're going to get the money to get all this stuff. And then you put it, so I put it on credit. And then you get, so you say, how does that have to do with uh, chapter 40? I don't know, but it's, we'll make it work here in a second. Uh, chapter 40, verse 1, and it came to pass. Now, Joseph. Joseph was, uh, didn't do the wrong thing. He did not have an affair with, or an adulterous affair with the, uh, Potiphar's wife. Uh, Potiphar got mad at him, threw him into prison, and Joseph is down in the prison now doing the same thing he did for Potiphar. You can always tell somebody when they're right with God and when they're not. Uh, no matter what the condition you're in, 
The problem is never somebody else. The problem is always me. So what I need to do is make sure that my relationship is right with God, and it doesn't matter about nobody else. Really, honestly, it doesn't. Uh, in this world today, you're either lost or you're saved. Just, it just, it, being lost or saved has no effect on me whatsoever. Zero. It has effect on you. Uh, me getting saved on the back porch in Louisville, Kentucky in 1980 had no effect on anybody in this room or anybody on this planet. It had an effect on me and me only. Uh, what's wrong with everybody is they always try to point at everybody else and say, well, they. It has nothing to do with that. You know what I, tell, I told a guy one time, he was funny, he was in a, pre, in a church in Norfolk, Virginia. Preacher, I, I've said this story before, he's preaching right at me. But Scott got it. Uh, it I mean, he got hit. Uh, the preacher threw a rock out, and he was throwing them at me, but it actually went that way and hit Scott over here. And Scott came up after the service just as ticked as he could be, mad as a hornet. And I said, Scott, look, brother, if the shoe don't fit, don't wear it. Just because a preacher says something, if it doesn't apply to you, don't wear the thing. But if it applies, and you'll know when it applies, it'll hit you right between the eyeballs, and that's what you need to change. The Lord is a, is, it does it in strange ways. He always does things strange. But Pharaoh was wroth against, first two, was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief butler and against the chief uh, baker. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, a place where Joseph was bound. So Joseph was bound. I mentioned that last time he was locked up. He's in jail. And the captain of the guard uh, charged Joseph with them. And he served and, and he continued in ward a season. Uh, Joseph's down in the cell. He's doing, just like I said, he's in good company last time. Just to cover it real quick. Down to verse 5. Joseph, had, uh, these two men come in. Uh, he's in great company. Everybody else gets locked up. People say uh, it, it's just strange that people get locked up and they go to jail, uh, but that's just what happens in life sometimes. In this case, uh, Joseph goes to jail for something he didn't do. I've been there, done that. I've been in jail a couple times because I deserved it. A couple times I got locked up when I didn't deserve it, but uh, I had an old man at one time, long, long, long time ago, said, uh, if you're in, you're in the right place or the wrong place at the right time. And that's, that's the danger. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be in the wrong place at the right time. You should never be in the wrong place. You should figure out where you're at and get out of it. Uh, so many times uh, the whole world teaches us that, that what we think matters, but it really does. It costs. It costs to live. Uh, it didn't cost me anything to get saved. I got saved on a back porch free. It didn't cost me a dime. What I've realized over the last 43 years is there's a cost associated with serving Jesus Christ. You don't have to pay that cost. But if you really want to get close to the Lord and try to do something that he wants you to do, that thing's going to cost you. It's going to, you're going to have to let go of some things and accept some other things. But you should never accept what a guy says or a lady says. You ought to accept what the Bible says, period. And you start reading this thing, and when you come across a verse you don't understand, guess what? There's all kinds of source material that you can get that will help you get through this stuff. Verse 5, and they dreamed, talking about the butler and the baker. Verse 5, and they dreamed, 40 verse 5, and they dreamed a dream, both of them. Each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, uh, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in prison. And Joseph came in the morning, and I mentioned this last time, I believe also, and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he, and he asked Pharaoh's officers uh, uh, that were with him in ward of the Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sad today? Well, sadly today. Well, you're locked up in jail. I mean, that's a sad thing in itself. Uh, you were at the top of the, the rung of the ladder, and now you're all the way at the bottom. And they, they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God. 
tell me them, I pray you. Now, that's a great statement right there you should never forget. Interpretations does not belong to a man. It, it has to be out of this book. Uh, God, will, the Holy Spirit will show you all. I'm teaching on the Holy Spirit on Wednesday nights. Holy Spirit will show you all kinds of things. He'll show you something and give you a, an ability to study that thing out or to look it out. Uh, then he'll show you who you can trust and who you can't trust. Just because preachers say they're preachers don't mean that you can trust them what they say. A lot of men are never trained the right way. They don't know how to rightly divide. They don't know how to look at the thing the right way. They don't know how to go back and find the source material to find. I thank God for Dr. Rutman. I went down there for three years, and when I walked out of there, sometimes I felt like I didn't learn a thing. But what he taught me was where to find the material. He showed me where all the material sources were. Uh, I walk on ships, and they couldn't fix nothing out there. And I'd pull tech manuals off the rack, and you'd have to blow the dust out of the tech manual because nobody ever touched the books. They didn't know they were there. They didn't even know what they were for. You would think they would know what they were for. You went through school. You would think that you would understand well, Dr. Roman said, this book, 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 this book. This book is that. That book is that. As a matter of fact, I use this book, and that's how I did this stuff. If you look, and he just showed me all that. He showed me, he gave me one thing. He gave me 700 sermons, outlines one time. And I'm thinking, praise God, I got 700 outline sermons from Dr. Peter S. Ruckman. Yes, 700 of them. And then I was out on the internet one day looking for something for the, the church, and I seen this little book about this big. And it was 700 sermon outlines. And I'm like, praise the Lord, there's another 700. If I get this 700 and this 700, that'll be 1,400. So I, I buy this little book. This little book was printed in 1910 or something like that. And when I opened it up, it was those 700 sermons. <laughs> I'm like, you cheated, man. I said, you copied his sermons and gave me those outlines. Well, it's like, why reinvent the wheel? I mean, if those are 700 good sermon outlines, who really cares? So I got that little book right on my desk. I keep it there all the time. Uh, I, every now and then when I'm sitting there thinking about something, I'll go back and the guy does it a little bit different. But I was, I was thanking God. I said, Lord, you know, this man showed me some stuff that I may have never actually found in my entire life until he mentioned all this stuff. And then I go back and find it. You know what Joseph is sitting here? Joseph has already been in a place where the Lord's talked to him several times. Joseph had to learn. Now, here's a good lesson for you young people. Listen to this. Don't listen. It takes time to learn. It takes time. You have to hang in there. If you don't hang in there. No, no. Well, I've been in church for 20 years. I, I didn't say that. I said it takes time to learn. You know, you got to want to learn. You have to want to learn. And as you having to want to learn, and you say, I want to learn, I want to learn, the Holy Spirit will start teaching you. To be in the presence of a church for 20 years means absolutely very, almost nothing. Uh, but a person that comes to church looking for something from God, guess what? The Lord will give you some. I've had, I've had some preachers hate my guts, and I'm sitting there going, man, I, that was cool. That was great. That's exactly what I needed right there, right out of somebody's mouth that, that didn't like me at all. And I'm sitting there going, I don't care, I don't care the source. That's where we all mess up. I don't care the source. I care the word of God. And the, the Lord can use a donkey to talk. He can use anybody else. He uses me, so I'm tickle pink with that. So do not interpretations belong to God. Joseph knew by experience that God gave him what he needed, and he couldn't get it any other place. 
What's wrong with everybody today is they think everybody's their own man. I'm their own man. I'm my own woman. I can do whatever I want. It's my, yeah, you're right. We, it's a free, free country, free world. You do whatever you want up to a point. Uh, the, most you take, the moment you take your last breath, you're in his realm, and it doesn't matter no more. But up to that point, I learned a long time ago, I said, I want to be like the Lord. I want to be like him. And the only way I can find out how to do that is go through this book, and then this book starts showing me people I can learn from and, and people I don't want to learn from. And then I'll just learn from these people right here. You say, well, you haven't learned very much. Yeah, but you should have seen me 43 years ago. <laughs> you think that was bad. I'm bad now. I was really, really bad then. Uh, this is what it takes. That's why, young people, you need to work on this thing right now while you can. Amen. Don't waste your life trying to find something. You already have it. Don't waste it on this world out here. This world is a piece of garbage. You'll find that out. You say, well, I, but you got it. Yeah, but just because I did something or somebody else does something doesn't make it right. We're warning you now that, hey, this isn't really the way you want to go, but if you want to spend the 40, 50 years to do that, then find out. Guess what? You will come to the exact same conclusion 35, 40 years from now that I got right now, and you will regret not doing it now. You have an opportunity to serve God right now. Serve him. What? If, if he is, if he, and that's where Joseph is at, if he is the creator of the universe and the sun, the moon, stars, and everything else, and you and me, doesn't he deserve our worship? Why in the world would we care about one thing on this stupid planet? Why would we care about anything compared to him? Don't you think that you would stop for a few minutes and say, I think I need to learn something about him. That's why I went to Bible college, to learn something about him. I didn't go to Bible college to be a preacher. I went to learn something about him. I said, if I'm going to spend my life down here, and I've got to spend it here for some amount of time, I want to know as much about him as I possibly can. That's where Joseph's at. Joseph is no different than anyone else on this planet. What Joseph wanted was God. And sometimes God says, Joseph, you can't do these things, although the world is doing them. You can't. Boy, that just grates on Christians. Well, I can, yeah, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what God said. It, it, it matters what I think. No, no, no. It matters what God said. And I've learned a long time ago, it matters for me. If, if the Lord wants, I want him in my life, it matters what I do on a daily basis. You know what Joseph has done? Always the right thing. You wonder why he's in the prison cell? Because he did right. Guess what happens when you do right? You're going to go to jail. Look at Paul. The Apostle Paul. Where did he end up? He ended up in jail with Luke. Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, hung on a cross and died between two thieves. Stephen got stoned telling them about Jesus Christ. We got this thing completely backwards. It's not a ladder to success. It's a ladder you climb down, and you go down further and further and further. Joseph, Joseph, uh, Joseph knows what he's saying. A man can know. Now, here you go, here's a couple things. A man can know what God said if he's willing to face facts. you got to be willing to look, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. you got to look at yourself. Uh, God reveals secrets to those who fear him. Uh, he's not going to show anybody anything. Uh, Saul started messing up, and God shut him down. David messed up, and, but listen, and God told him everything. God will show nothing to a learned man who turns up his nose at the plain word simply because he cannot believe what they say. This thing is the craziest book in the whole wide world. It will tell you some things that you... Just, it's just going to be hard to believe. In the beginning, God. He's basically telling you, I'm not trying to explain to you. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm not trying to get you on my side. I'm just telling you. In the beginning was me, and there was nothing else. Now, he stopped me a long time ago on that verse, and he's like, shut your Bible. So I did. Like that. 
I'm a baby Christian. He goes, do you believe that? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I mean, do you believe in the beginning, God? Forget the heaven and the earth thing. Do you believe in the beginning, God? And I had to stop and think about that thing for a second. And then I started, compl- I said, well, there's either evolution or you. And I'm talking to him while I'm saying this, which is really, when I look at it today, I'm like, Lord, that was, you all must have been laughing up there, busting out laughing. <clears throat> you go, here's this idiot down here talking to me, actually putting evolution in on the same level as me for a moment there uh, and in his mind. But the Bible says, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarred, they shall. He says, think, man, think. I gave you the gray matter between your head for you to think. I didn't just put it there so you could let the world steal it from you. I gave it to you personally so you could think. I said, okay. Come down, let us reason together, said the Lord. I said, hmm. It's either you or, or evolution. And then for this to happen in evolution is an impossibility. For your fingers, just your fingers on, on two arms, just, just this is an impossibility. The, the, the mathematical equation that would produce this you couldn't do it in billions and billions and billions of years. It would take hundreds of trillions of trillions of billions of years, and then it would probably never happen. That thing was made. It was made. There it is. It's made. And I'm like, okay, we're done. In the beginning, God, you always get the benefit of the doubt. 100%. Done. Finished. That means anytime I ever come to this book and I don't understand, I'm just going to default back to you. Whether I understand or not, don't really care. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I have to believe one thing or the other. And in any case, no matter how you look at it, I'm going to die one day. And it won't matter at that point anything I did down here unless I did the right thing. Whether I live like the devil and and do whatever I want to do and get all the stuff this world has to offer and die without you, and you're on the other side and you throw me into hell, or I'd serve you my whole life and and I die and you're not there, I said, I would rather serve you and you not be there than live like this and die. At least on this side, I feel better about myself. So I just chose to follow him. And what I found out over 43 years is that the hand of God is very prevalent to those who want it. I wanted it. I still want it. Uh, are there people smarter than me? Oh, man, there's tons of people. Everybody's smarter than me. But they, I got somebody who's a friend of mine who's smarter than all of them. And my, my brother one time, I told a, a friend of mine, I said, my brother's bigger than your brother, and he'll beat your brother up. Well, that was a lie, because the other brother was bigger than my brother, and he beat my brother up. But I never got beat up. <laughs> my brother never forgave me for that. I think he still hates me for that. But God will rever- uh, reveal secrets to him that believe him. And he'll do nothing to a learned man. God reveals his greatest truths to babies. Have you ever thought about that? When you watch what the Lord actually does? No church, priest, or pope can interpret anything relating to the future. They can't do it. Because God is not interested in revealing prophetic truth to people who reject the doctrines and the, the future restoration of Israel. What you're seeing right now is a Israel getting, getting ready to be restored. Now, it's going to have to get worse and worse and worse over there before that happens. That's Bible. But that thing's going to happen one of these days, and the whole world is going to turn to that thing, and they're going to start taking them out. What happens to us, I don't know. To me, to me, logically, the way everything's going right now and the way the Republican Party has fallen apart and the way we got a, a, the White House and, and all the other stuff, the way that thing is going, if I was China and Russia, 
uh, or the Palestinians, I would do something before the next election. Because if Donald Trump happens to get back in, which I'm not saying he is, and I'm not going to if he happens to get back in, they know what they already had for four years. They're going to get that again for another four years. That thing is going to be scary to them. I would, I would, if I was them, I would do something right now. Guess what's happening? They are going ballistic over there. 5,000 missiles. They said they launched 5,000 missiles. Their missiles are lousy. Uh, they, don't, they just happen to hit things that by accident where the uh, Jewish missiles actually hit things they were aimed at. Uh, but in any case, those people are crazy. You get back over in Genesis, and it says, that, uh, talking about Ishmael and his descendants, he said, they will be wild. That's what you got there is a bunch of wild people. And brother, that, but that's Bible. That's Bible. This thing gets more and more real as you look at it. And Joseph is sitting here. God gave you a story about a man named Joseph. And he's sitting here, and he's doing the right thing. You know what that lesson is there for? Is to show you to do the right thing. It isn't that you read the story of Joseph. Oh, I know the story of Joseph. That's useless if that's all it is. Joseph did the right thing, and the right thing came out of that thing at the end. The question is, is are you going to do the right thing? Whether or not the end justifies, well, they always say the end justifies the means. No, it doesn't. You never can tell. The beggar at the rich man's gate probably never thought he was going to be a beggar at the rich man's gate. He never probably thought he was going to be laying there with sores and die that way, right like that. Uh, Brother Spurgeon came up to me and said, you know, it never tells you what happened to the rich man, the beggar's body. I'm like, yeah. He goes, I wonder if the dogs ate him. Well, they ate Jezebel. Uh, it could be, could be possibly, but it, who really cares once your body? I've had people say, well, I don't know if I agree with, with uh, uh, cremation. Rather than forget it. It doesn't matter what happens to your body after you leave it. Uh, the Lord knows exactly wherever peace and part is, and if he wants to, he'll put that thing exactly right back together the way he wants to. Uh, he made it in the beginning. He can make it all over again. But it goes on. Uh, learning, education, wit, brains, power, mind power, intellectual ability, intellectual ability, are not related to understanding future revelation. That thing was given to Joseph. Joseph's a very smart man. But God showed him some things that elevated him beyond that. And I've said this before. If you cannot serve God in jail, in the prison, you'll never serve him in the throne room. The throne room will be too great for you, and you won't know how to handle that thing. That's where money's dangerous. Money is the root of all evil. It didn't say money is evil. It said money is the root of all evil. What happens to money is that you start getting success and the claws get into you. You don't know how to let go of it. If you know how to let go of it, you're okay. So there's nothing wrong with money. It's knowing how to deal with the stuff. That's the problem. And, and the same way with Joseph. Serving Jesus Christ is always a downward thing. If you humble him, he'll exalt you. So guess what? The first thing is humbling. you got to get humble. A contrite heart. He's looking for a broken and contrite heart. What is that? That's a heart that's been beat and broken and it's down there and just feels like it's useless. And the Lord says, now I can use you. Now I can bring you back up where I want. That's where Joseph is. Joseph's down here on the bottom in the prison cell. Two butlers, a butler and a baker comes down here. And Joseph now has to serve them too. Those guys are in jail just like he is. Why in the world do I have to serve you? Well, because we're Egyptians, you're not. And the king put us down here and the, and the jailer said, you got to take care of them. And guess what Joseph does? He does. A man who is not uh, a dispensationalist is not able to comment on the word in, in any intelligent fashion. You can't, if somebody says uh, you believe in dispensations, you're crazy, you might as well just chalk them up as they don't know anything at all about the Bible. A dispensationalist is the only person you're going to learn anything out of that book. You say, well, I don't understand dispensations. You better learn them. 
Because Paul, God gave Paul 14 New Testament books, actually 13 with the Hebrews, and those 13 New Testament books opens up the rest of that Bible. If you take any part of that Bible without Paul's writings, you're not going to understand that thing. You're going to take it as the law. You know why Seventh-day Adventists are wrong? It's because they go back into the law like they're taking over where Jesus left off or where the, the church, uh, priest left off. They're not dispensationalists. That's their problem. Verse 9. So with all that said, you get Joseph down here in the, in the prison cell, sweeping up the prison cells, keeping everything clean, polishing the doorknobs, keeping the keys all shiny. At nighttime, they, they lock him back up and they, they bound him back down so he can't run. How, however they would do that, the scriptures say that's what they did. Joseph gets down there and the next morning they let him back out. It says, and the chief butler told his dream to Joseph. Joseph says, tell me the dream. God can interpret the dream. I, I think, just tell me what you got. And the chief butler told Joseph, uh, told his dream to Joseph and said to him, in my dream, behold, a vine was before me, and in the vine were three branches, and it was as though it budded, and her blossom shot forth, and the clusters therefore brought forth ripe grapes, and Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them in Pharaoh's cup, and I gave them into Pharaoh's hand. The dream, the Lord is showing you something here about wine. Alcohol is an atrocious thing. It's it can be used for medicinal purposes. There's a couple things, alcohol. He said those that are sad, give them to drink. But, but typically it says it's not for kings or priests to drink because it will pervert your judgment. There people say, well, I can drink one. Yeah, you can, but the, here's the cost. There's costs associated with it. The closer you get to the Lord, the more this stuff should go away. You go over and talk to, read 1 Timothy chapter 3, and it sits there and says, a bishop, if, if you desire the office of a bishop, you desire a great thing. A bishop should not be given to any wine, but a deacon be, get, can be given to a little wine. So I guess the people in the audience can, or in the church can just be slushes if you go with that route. But that means if you come up from out of here and you get to be a deacon, that means there's some things that you got to start tapering off on and start letting it go for the good. And then, but you understand why. The moment you get to be a bishop in the church, you have to let go of all kinds of things. Why? Because God said it. That's just it, man. I mean, there's no other way you can get around that thing. It isn't that I said it, but you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to make the right judgments calls. You're just not going to be able to do it. So the, the new wine, this is new wine. And guess what was, now here you can watch this one. At the dinner table at the Lord's Last Supper was wine and bread. And that's exactly what you got right here. You got two men coming down who takes care of the the wine and the bread, and all you have to do is watch. You talking about types? This thing is unbelievable. If if you don't believe your Bible's word of God, by the time you get through this chapter, you ought to you ought to just suck it up and say, "Look, I'm done, man. I'm over with this thing." It it is to be observed that wine is squeezed. So there's a difference between taking grapes off the vine and squeezing them in the cup and giving it to Pharaoh, then letting them sit out there and ferment for a while and and turn into hooch. Uh, but people say, "Well, Jesus drank wine." No, he did not. In the, it, it is to be observed that the wine is squeezed in, uh, directly from the cluster into the cup. Since new wine is found in the cluster of the grapes, Isaiah 65, 8, that's where it says that. Uh, there is not much doubt about Jesus' uh, wording, the fruit of the vine. So the fruit of the vine is not liquor. Uh, you can turn it into liquor. You can, I guess you can turn just about anything into liquor anymore. They take uh, corn, make corn liquor out of it. I mean, that, they, men will find any way they can to make something to alter their thoughts or alter their, their feelings. They're just looking for anything to get happy. You know what I found 43 years ago on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky? I found something that made me happy. 
and I've been happy ever since. There's days where I don't feel real happy, uh, but I'm, uh, overall, uh, if I looked at it, I've been, my happiness level has been like this for 43 years. I'm pretty happy, and I'm looking really excited. When I heard about what's going on in Israel, I wasn't excited for those getting hurt or anything else, or the opposite side. I'm not excited for them, but I know what the Bible says, and you can see the thing coming. It, he says, as, the day, as you see the day approaching, you're going to see that day starting to come in. Brethren, we, a Bible believer is going to read this thing, and they're going to see some stuff getting ready to happen. So Joseph, Joseph is down there, uh, therefore, immediately following the warning. Now, he's warning about the difference between wine, and he clearly gives you new wine. If you're going to believe the Bible, that's going to take almost every church out of this, out in this country. Every Protestant church pretty much out, every Catholic church. Uh, they actually use hooch in the uh, uh, communion services almost every single time. It has nothing to do with fermenting. They, they take this thing, and they can't understand a simple thing like new wine. The Lord just showed you right there what new wine was. But anyways, let's go to verse 12. And Joseph said unto him, I hope none of y'all are drinking. Uh, and Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it. So Joseph hears what is said, and immediately, just like Daniel, can give him give a thing. Uh, Joseph can tell you exactly what's going on. He says, and Joseph said unto him, the interpretation is uh, of it. Uh, this is the interpretation of it. Three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head, restore thee unto thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. But think on me when it shall, uh, shall be well with thee, and show kindness, uh, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make a mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away from out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that I should uh, be put into this dungeon. And that is a sad thing that Joseph is thrown down there, and he didn't really do anything for it. But uh, that's what happens. People, people all the time, Jesus Christ was uh, uh, lied about and eventually hung on a cross. Uh, uh, Naboth, Na uh, not Naboth, but Na uh, man, I keep, Naaman, not Naaman, uh, not Naboth, not, the vineyard Naboth, yeah. Naboth's vineyard was stolen by Ahab. And, and he didn't have anything to do with it, but he got, Jezebel got two people to lie. You cannot trust your government. You cannot trust those in leadership. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. As people start moving up, that's what I was saying earlier, God is going to train you down here how to handle it when you get up there. If you can't handle it when you get up there, you don't need to be there. Uh, but so many people, they think, oh, that's a ladder of success, and on my resume, I need to do this. But you get up here, and you can't listen... I'm telling you what, some of these old preachers, you go back 30, 40 years, some of these old preachers, most people could not even stomach the, what the men said. I mean, those, some of those guys were tough, and they were, they were like tough as nails. And most people can't stomach, because what they do, they talked about everything, from television to your cell phone. Well, they didn't have cell phones back then. But that thing has morphed all the way through. Uh, uh, people live on, on this stuff now. Technology gets them through the day. I think it's like an addiction. Uh, it's, it's when people get mad at me because I don't answer my phone. I don't want to answer my phone. I don't want to be tied so much to that thing that it, it dictates my life. Life is supposed to be lived moment by moment by moment by moment. Not waiting for this thing to go ding. You know what the worst thing in the whole wide world? We're over working in apartments. Brother Barry's, Mike's Mike too. I don't know whose it is. But everybody's phone goes off the same way. It gets confusing. God's not the author of confusion. 
And then everybody's phone going off at the same time. I don't know whose phone it is. I'm looking at mine. They're looking at his. And Brother Barry goes, oh, that's mine. That's mine. I don't know how he tells the difference, man, but he, he's got it. Maybe it buzzes and he feels it or something. I have no idea. Uh, and it came to pass, Joseph, it says on the third day, oh, uh, and Joseph, wait a minute, verse 16. Joseph, in 16, he goes, he says this, and I'll be able to finish this chapter. When, when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good and said to, unto Joseph, I was also, uh, I also was in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And the uppermost baskets was, uh, there was all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days, yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off of thee, and shall hang thee on the tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. What a great preacher he is. Man, I mean, it's like, I'm never coming back to you again. I'm never going to that church ever again. That guy says stuff, uh, he's just mean. He's just, he's just inhuman. That's, did you hear what he just said about me? You know, no, no. He told you what the Holy Spirit told him to say. Yeah. Now, you either take what it was said and change. In this case, he's not going to change. He's going to die is what he's going to do. But Joseph, I like Joseph. Joseph, down there in the dungeon, was not afraid to say anything that needed to be said in the dungeon. He, if, if you came down there, no matter who you are, I'm going to tell you this. And you're going to find shortly, when he gets before Pharaoh, he is the exact same Joseph. He doesn't change. I always tell everybody this. He went from the pit to Potiphar's house to a prison and then to the palace. And in all of those places all the way down, the Lord sat there and said, Joseph, are you going to serve me? Joseph said, yeah. Well, hey, it's not too good for you today, is it, Joseph? No, it ain't. My brothers just threw me in a pit. Now they sold me to the Ishmaelites. And they beat me all the way down to there in Egypt. Now they're selling me. And then I end up in Potiphar's house. And I'm just trying to do the right thing in Potiphar's house that I tried to do in my dad's house. And, and they're mad at me. And now, now she's chasing me all over the place, and they're mad at me. And now they're going to beat me up, and they're going to, now, now he's mad at me. And I've done everything in the whole wide world to take care of him. And he's mad at me. He throws me into prison. Yep. But, Lord, I still trust you. And I don't have anything else other than you to trust, so I'm just going to trust you. And then he starts whistling again, and he starts going down through the prison cells, taking care of everything he has to take care of. God watches that stuff. And he sits there and looks at you, and he's training him. He's training Joseph all the way down. It wasn't Joseph's brilliance that got him where he was at with Pharaoh. Had nothing to do with it. God told Joseph exactly what to do all the way through the thing. Pharaoh's armies and, and, and everybody else's officials did all the work. Joseph just told him what to do. The chief baker told him, told him what was going on, and Joseph said, hey, you're, you're going to die. Joseph never made a request of the baker like he did the butler. That tells you Joseph knew something. Joseph knew the butler was going to get back, promoted back. The baker wasn't going to do him any good. Joseph believed God. What the Lord gave him, the interpretation, Joseph believed that interpretation. It took him years to get from the time he gave his, his dad the interpretation, his brothers the interpretation in that field before they sold him. There's been years has transpired down here up to this point. Joseph has been learning to trust God. That's what I was saying earlier. You learn to trust the Lord over a period of time and things that ha circumstances that happen in your life. You don't get it like that. There is no way to get it like that. It, that's an impossibility. If it gets, you get it like that, you'll lose it just like that. 
you have to sit there and let the Lord deal. First of all, you got to learn that the Lord is dealing with you, and then you got to sit there and let the Lord deal with you, irregardless of any of the surrounding things going on around you, circumstances going around you. You got to let them go. You can't worry about those things. You just got to say right down the middle here, this is where I'm at, and the Lord knows right where I'm at today, and I'm right here, and He'll He'll get me what I need. To, he'll get me where I need to go. Uh, and it came to pass, verse twenty. I like Joseph. Not, a, I mean, he told him like it was. Joseph, I could see him a little sweet face. I'm, I'm sure that he's probably like, like uh, Adrian Rogers or one of these more eloquent preachers. I really hate to tell you this, but you're going to get your head cut off and you're going to be hung, and you're just going to die, and it's just going to be all over for you. But you're going to go back up there, and you're going to stand before Pharaoh, and you're going to be right in. You and him are going to be buds again. I don't think it was quite that way. I think uh, after all the stuff Joseph went through, Joseph flat told him exactly what was going on. And it goes, verse 20, And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the butler and the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And he hanged the chief baker uh, as uh, the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted it to them. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. There's a bunch of interesting things I'm getting ready to say. i got about six minutes. Hopefully I can get through all this. Uh, when it got back to that new wine and old wine, there's a, there's a thing. Uh, Galatians chapter 4 says, until Christ be formed in you. Uh, Lord, all the way through the Bible, starts showing you things. And, and Luke 5.36, he says, And he spake also a parable unto them. No man putteth a piece of new garment upon an old, if otherwise uh, both of them, uh, the new maketh a rent. Now, if you have an old pair of blue jeans and you put a new piece of blue jean on it to cover a hole that's in it, uh, that thing will shrink down. It'll rip the old, old up, and vice versa. It'll do the same thing. Uh, verse 37, And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else... The new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled. The bottles shall perish, and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put in into new bottles, and both are preserved. No man having drunk old wine straightway desireth new, for he saith the old is better. So the, the, the story here is that new wine is going to eventually ferment, and the bottle is going, leather bottles are going to explode or get bigger and bigger and bigger. That's why they, I used to know people who make wine all the time. I never did. I never did do any of that stuff. But they put a balloon or something on top of the wine and let it let it uh, the gases escape into the balloon without losing the whatever it was that was in the gases because they'd eventually go back in the bottle, I guess. And the bottle didn't blow up. But he's saying right here, new wine is is a picture of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit, when it comes into you, has to go in. He has to make you new, a new vessel. So he, he creates a new vessel in you. He creates a new man and puts the Holy Spirit inside of you so you don't blow up. But the old is better. It says right there, no man, verse 39, no man having drunk old wine straightway desires new, for he said the old is better. The butler came down. He had lived a life as long as he lived, get put up to next to Pharaoh. His old life was there. That's all it was. As soon as Joseph did something for him and the Holy Spirit actually moved in that man's life, the moment it, that experience was over, he forgot that experience. And two years later, he still hadn't remembered that experience. And the Lord may have done that on purpose to get Joseph a little bit more where he was at. But that tells you right there that you, just because somebody you think is your friend doesn't necessarily mean they're your friend. 
uh, they'll forget. Unless this thing is really truly in their heart, the way it was in Joseph's heart, they'll forget until the time is right, until it benefits them. Before I leave here, I want to say a couple things about this. i got three minutes. Two prisoners are in prison with, with Jesus, and two of them are in prison with Joseph. Two, one of them is restored and one cursed. That's the, the, the one prisoner gets, goes to Abraham's bosom. The other prisoner goes to jail. It's a picture of Jesus Christ. Joseph is so much a picture of Jesus Christ, it's pathetic. Jesus is numbered with criminals as Joseph is numbered with criminals. Even though Jesus and Joseph were innocent, both of them were innocent. Uh, sometimes even the good get it in the neck. The wrath of the king is on the two prisoners as it was on the two thieves. Jesus and Joseph were bound. Jesus and Joseph served as guilty, served the guilty. Jesus and Joseph wanted to know uh, why sinners were sad. How about that? Joseph said, why are you guys sad? You know what Jesus did? He came and said, hey, why, why, y'all, why are you so brokenhearted? Tell me, tell me. I can help you. And Joseph could help him. Jesus could help you. Joseph could help you. Uh, the two elements of the Lord's Supper are present in Genesis 40, bread and wine. The wine of Genesis 40 is the same as the new wine of the fruit of the vine that was at Matthew's table, at, Matthew, or at the, the table there, Matthew 26, 29. The grapes are pressed into the cup, exactly as Jesus Christ holds the fruit of the vine and presses it into the cup. It's not fermented. It is not hooch. Uh, there are three days between the butler's dream and the restoration and there are three days between the death and the restoration of the penitent man on the thief. Three days later, three days in the heart of the earth. Three days later, they both come up. He brings them all up, and they're all out there. That's Matthew. Uh, Jesus as Joseph is a Hebrew, and the death instrument of the baker is a tree, a cross. I mean, it's the same thing, uh, which matches the cross on the, the impenitent uh, thieves that he died on. And I, and I added this last one here. The butler has the new wine, and he lives. And the baker has the baked meats, and he dies. I'm going to tell you today, what you need is you need the wine. <laughs> and not, not uh, Mogan David either, yeah. or whatever that other stuff is. What you need is you need to find, if you're in here today and you're lost, you need the Holy Spirit. That's what you need. And the only way to get him, he says over in John chapter 3, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. Well, Christ died, on our, died for our sins according to Scriptures, buried, rose again the third day, and he got out of it. If you believe that and trust it, you can get out of it. Father, thank you for your blessings. Uh, I pray that you bless the morning service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.